All right. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Welcome back to another episode slash live stream of the USL show. We're back almost to full strength. Phil had some prior commitments, which we will never forgive him for, but I've already forgiven him, so it's fine, I guess. Um, it's been it's great to see everybody back, and it's great to already see Andy and John in the chat. What's up, guys? Hope everybody's doing well. Um, so let's just go ahead and go, start going around the ringer. We haven't done this in a minute. My man, Ryan, how you doing? My bad. Sorry, it's been a minute. Uh, I'm doing okay, Kayler. How are you? <laughs> doing great, doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a flaming hot start. <laughs> How about you, Alan? How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We're uh, in the business end of European soccer and also in school. Um, so both of those things are going crazy with meetings and then also soccer. Uh, so things are going well, man. Good, good, good. All right, John, another bearded person. Um, <laughs> apparently, we have a lack of those. So, um, well, anyway, John, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. Uh, just kind of shout out to Alan on the things ramping up with school and life in general, all that. I hear you on that. I are you on? Are you in finals week? Um, this is my last proper week of classes as a college student, which is crazy to think about. Thank, hey, congrats, dude! Congrats. All right, Geo, my man, how you doing? I feel I feel super old right now. You guys talking about college? <laughs> last week of college here, and especially because I can't grow a beard. So this episode is just I might just have to go. Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Had a fun week watching soccer, Champions League, some League One over the weekend, and uh, beating the uh, I can't say it, <laughs> Chattanooga Red Wolves. You should have done. You should have done it. You should have done it. <laughs> so I do want to just throw it out there. I can grow a beard. I just look significantly fatter with it. So I choose not to. So, <laughs> and for the record, I shave on the days that we record just because I know my mm. face will be on camera. <laughs> we need me pictures, too, or it's too. not true. Me too. I also <laughs> shave on recording days. Um, but oh. I did shave last night a little bit. <laughs> flaming hot start, flaming hot start. Guys. This last week, we are almost to a full-strength USL season. We had championship, we had League One, and we had League Two kickoff. We The men's sides are in full swing, and we are waiting for the women's side with W League to join, but that's happening this week. Super excited about that. Lots of fun stuff happening this last week. And I do want to mention just off the bat, I don't know if you guys saw the highlight from the league two match, it was Northern Virginia um, versus the Cardinals. Oh, who are they? Commonwealth, I think. And let me tell you, there was a half field goal, like strip first match of the year. And they're pulling up from halfway and it's going in. So 
if we get highlights like this every single week, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun USL League Two season. Well, you had the highlight of the uh, behind-the-shot goal for Birmingham this past week as well. Oh, yeah. I I was – funny enough, I was talking to the person who called that game, and I was like, how do you keep from, like, reverting into monkey mode, you know, after that happens? And he was, like, kind of like you did. And I'm like, yes, like I did. Like, you didn't have to say it, but thanks. <laughs> I mean, what a banger. I To be honest, I granted – I this is me being a little bit biased, but I have never seen a strike like that in person before. I especially not in the USL. Like there's been sexier looking shots. I mean, Lewis Hilton, his free kick goal that he had, I mean, that was just sexy. But I've never seen a shot like that in person. Completely just blew my mind. Dude has a left foot from God. <laughs> but speaking of you know, some championship results. Let's go ahead and hop into some of our I told you so's versus um, your biggest shockers from the weekend. And obviously this can be championship or league one, um, whichever one we are feeling. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with Geo. Um, I was confident Greenville Triumph was going to win against Chattanooga Red Wolves. I felt good at home, uh, being home this week. Uh, I had VIP seats. I was on TV from the start of the game, so I knew it was going to be good luck. Uh, and I had my baby at the game for the first time, so he is nice. officially the good luck charm. Um, but I cannot bring him back because it took me 65 minutes of game time to get him to go to sleep. <laughs> and he missed the goal. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, we had a great time. And we I know a lot of people are really high on Chattanooga. Um, after the start they're having, even with the loss last week to Tucson. Uh, and I think we put them in their place. Um, a lot of people were talking about the panic button for Greenville, um, and I think it's way too early. With all the injuries that we've had, I think we played very well defensively. They've had two clear chances, one that might be a save of the week for us. But, uh, you know, we, we we scored on a penalty, but uh, it was a pretty, you know, big confidence booster for us um, going into a you know, tough game this weekend um, and a little easier game against uh, forward Madison next week. But um, no, nah, I, I I was really confident that we were going to get a win and, and show everybody that we are not ready to panic this early in the season. What about a, what about a shocker for you? Definitely uh, Charlotte getting the win against Union Omaha. Um, I, am a believer that it was not a goal but uh you know i it was too close it's or at least it was too close to call um we see those often being not called ref waving them off this ref wanted to give it to him for whatever reason the, the assistant referee i can't see where he was um but they pulled it off two goals in the last i think 15 minutes 12 minutes something like that uh to pull off the win against a strong omaha side that I guess I have to talk about them beating the Chicago Fire because uh, they won't shut up about it. So I guess we have it's we're, we're legally supposed to being on the USL show. Um, but it was a big win for them. I really thought Charlotte was going to go into the season as, uh, you know, kind of like NCFC last season, just not ready to join and just a lot of youngsters. But they they have a strong team. Um, they're a little all over the place sometimes, but. I think they're a fun team to watch. They're going to be a fun team to play against. 
Um, and I think this is going to be the best league one season yet. You know, you mentioned that goal that was given. Um, wasn't there a goal like that, but in the opposite direction, uh, loose city versus Indy earlier this year where ball is like clearly over the line, but there was like, yeah, nah, no goal. It did. Was that, was that this year? I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I love I somebody, I think it was Benton uh, from uh, Vamos Morados was talking about the uh, people like were breaking down film on stuff like that, basically saying that if you have to break down the film to try to prove somebody wrong, you just kind of have to go with the ref's decision. But I'm kind of with you. That was not a goal. Um, oh, there goes Gia. Come. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, how about some told you so's versus uh, shockers? Boy, I think maybe a mix of both of them would be that Louisville Pittsburgh game where I went in pretty confident that Louisville would win. So that'll be my told you so. But I was shocked at the way that they completely dominated the Riverhounds. I mean, they were so strong. They didn't change their tactical style at all, which just kind of goes to show the confidence that this Louisville team is playing with at the moment. Um, I, I think it was summed up well. I tweeted out the clip of Bob Lilly like going on a nice little 10-second rampage where he just like sits down like a pouty little child on the bench, slams his hat on his head. Pittsburgh was just frustrated all night long. They couldn't beat that press. Uh, they were completely outplayed in the midfield. Corbin Bone had the game of his life, although I guess he kind of does that every single week at this point. Uh, I mean, this Louisville team really has to be the favorite in the East right now, if not the whole league. How, do you know how many times I've watched that video of Bob Lilly being all flustered and frustrated? So- I chuckle like an idiot every single time <laughs> I watch it. Like, it's just so funny to me. I need you guys to send it to me. It's on John's uh, timeline. Yeah, I'll send somewhere. it to the chat. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> It's everything that you want it to be and more. <laughs> Alan. Yeah, I think kind of my shocker is something I think John highlighted this week on his uh, Twitter machine page too is um, Tampa Bay just doesn't quite look good right now. And they've had a, a ton of games. We saw this with San Diego at the end of their like nine games in 30 something days as well. It's just impossible to keep that type of uh, momentum going that type of like winning record when you're just playing game after game, after game, after game, coaches don't have time to uh, institute game plans for specific teams. You're just kind of like, Hey, who's healthy this week? Let's roll with it. Um, my told you so also involves Tampa Bay. I thought San Diego could get something out of Tampa Bay, uh, mostly because this is at the tail end of that that week or that run for Tampa Bay and that Loyal had a bunch of time off. Uh, Tampa Bay is, you know, on fumes, and I thought that they might be able to do exactly what they did. Tampa Bay played really well at the front of the match, and then San Diego just had fresh legs and were able to kind of bully them off of the ball at the end. Um Tampa Bay looked good. Gwenzadis um, gets his first goal, uh, which is nice for him. Um, luckily, Western Conference folks don't have to see him anymore. Maybe he goes off uh, on a run. But I think the Tampa Bay is kind of the shocker and the San Diego that I told you so. 
Um, I also want, want to give a shout out. Like I thought Oakland uh, played pretty well against uh, Colorado Springs for a large majority of that match, um, which was surprising. I thought, you know, but I think you also saw the quality of Colorado Springs in that match, but shout out to Oakland. Uh, and then to our friend in Estensia, uh, that was not a penalty on the goalkeeper that uh, caused El Paso to score their first goal and maybe kind of gain momentum. But that was for sure a red card on the Loudon player. Um, so that was a, a quasi-interesting match that I didn't think was going to be that interesting. So that had some moments. Good. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Tampa Bay. I mean, we. I'm sure we can dive more into the the Tampa Bay, you know, conversation. And I, I mean, I think John, you broke it down pretty well in some of your uh, things. Like you explain why, but it doesn't explain why. You know what I mean? Like these are uncharacteristic things for for Tampa Bay. Uh, my only assumption is that it's because they knew the soccer crushes were coming to town and they got nervous. Um, that's my only assumption. Um, other than that, I got nothing. Um, hold on. Um, Ryan, shockers, uh, and I told you so, and I'm going to grab something for Robert real quick. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I would say... <laughs> so I would say uh, um, maybe not as much of a... Sh- uh, just in a top, I told you so now, but uh, Detroit City's just with five unbeaten games this year has now found themselves uh, second place within the Eastern Conference, and they had a pretty co- uh, comprehensive victory over New York Red Bulls, too, albeit a team who is struggling at the bottom of the conference right now. But it was we're looking at a Detroit City team who, with after the Pittsburgh wall, after the loss Pittsburgh had this past weekend, who is very much in the conversation to be the second best team in the conference, and with until they meet Louisville, which isn't in the later portion of the year, or they can have that kind of inside track for uh, the remainder of the season. Kayler, I know you wanted to show the uh, trophies. No, I literally just accidentally clicked the link that John sent, and it, <laughs> it got me again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please. And then I guess maybe more of my uh, uh, biggest shock of the week is after their very slow start to the year, Indy 11 has now won their fourth consecutive game to start the season. They had a 1-0 victory over Hartford Athletic, a team who's rock bottom of the Eastern Conference. So maybe not as much of a shock, but just more of as much of a shock that they've uh, turned it around so quickly that we were probably smart to at least start not panicking on them, but at least uh, letting them and breathe a little and then get used to the remainder of the season as they continue to jail more. Well, I think that's yeah. what we talked to. We talked about that with like the wait 10 games and see what he can do in Indy. It was like, I think we talked about that early in the season. Like there's no need to panic in Indy. You have a competent coach who's probably going to figure it out. Um, and it's starting to look positive for Indy 11. Uh, and this is one of those things like it's a really long season you know, three to four games does not a season make. Uh, maybe like the last three feel kind of hectic, but people are dropping points left and right because uh, good teams lose to teams they probably shouldn't lose to or draw to teams they shouldn't lose to. So uh, Indy, still no need to panic. You're doing fine. Yeah. And I mean, granted, before the season, I was very low on Indy. Um, and it really had nothing to do with Lowry. 
it had everything to do with the with the people they had on the pitch. I thought that the squad itself was a pretty not I guess maybe not major, but still a noticeable downgrade from last year's team. But I also this team fits more of Lowry's system. So I mean, take that with what you will, I guess. I mean, you can't just buy all the talent and expect it to work, I suppose. And you know, Lowry is finally playing Lowry ball up there and it's really fun to watch because I mean the whole point of him not playing with you know, wide players at all is so much fun to watch. It is just so entertaining. Um, if did sorry, did anyone see Devin Kerr's thread about Detroit City and him going in on Detroit City fans? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I was like, oh, Devin. Like, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, he's pointing out like they haven't really done well against playoff teams, and they've done well against non-playoff teams. Uh, we can say that about, you know, we've seen that in um, the in the past. I think San Diego last year was like that, where their record against playoff teams was not great. Um, and so I, I do think you have to give Detroit City some props. Uh, but you also have to realize that their four-game win streak is Baby Bulls, Hartford, Birmingham, Atlanta 2, um, and which one did I miss? One, two, three, four. Yeah, four. And before that was a draw in Memphis and a draw against Pittsburgh at home. So, like, I want to see how they look against some quality opposition before we say, like, hey, they're going to be a home playoff team. But when you play half of your games at home and you play as well at home as Detroit City does, you're probably going to be a playoff team. Like, they have that pedigree to get it done. Uh, I So I agree with Kevin or Devin Kerr. I also agree with Detroit City fans. There's like a, I think there's like a medium in there, right? And I, I think Devin Kerr gave himself an out saying, I'm just talking about right now. Like D- Detroit City still needs to prove it against the quality teams on the road. And so uh, hopefully they do so because, I mean, I enjoy watching them on TV at home. For sure. Um by the way, if you're in the chat now, if you're listening to this via you know podcast later, it's not going to make any sense. Um, but I have, um, I started basically. John released uh, a graphic about Jordan Farr being like good at soccer or something, and basically I was like, "Listen, dude's never won a Tuscaloosa Adult League. Listen, Robert, Jordan Farr doesn't have one of these bad boys, okay?" He doesn't have one of these. He's not good enough. I'm sorry. He just he, can he go out on you know any given Tuesday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? I haven't seen him try. So who says he can't? But he hasn't. And until then, he's just a subpar keeper to me. I'm sorry, Jordan. It's just the facts. Competitions mean everything. This is a winner right here, boys. Winners. Um, <laughs> but. Honestly, my biggest I told you so week in, week out is still Detroit City for me because I said it like Detroit City feels like a good team coming into this year. Um, And we're seeing the difference between League One and the championship is not as big as we thought. And, you know, the quote unquote NISA All-Stars, we're seeing that that gap of the best of the best, um, you know, (laughs) shut up, Gio. (laughs) Um, You know. We're seeing the best of the best of Nisa 
can hold up at least at home, which I think we're starting to see. I mean, what is it? It's um, I may be pulling this out of absolutely nowhere, but isn't it that the U.S. home field advantage is bigger than anywhere else in the world, or at least bigger than any of the major European uh, countries? I mean, when you have splits like that automatically and you have as good of a home field advantage as Detroit City has, they're just going to win games. And it's just like people said about last year about the Los Angeles Angels. I know a different sport, but lost, the Angels beat the teams that they were better than and they lost to the teams that they were worse than. If Detroit City does that for the rest of the year, they're still making the playoffs. So, I mean, that's, again, that's my biggest I told you so, I guess. And my biggest shocker is honestly that Legion won. I can't believe it. <laughs> I fully expected a loss. Um, I prepared myself for it. It's been such a long time since I've seen a win at home. It, you know, hey. Like, you guys like, have this weird complex as Legion fans where you just like don't want to believe that you're good when you're actually really quite good. It's because we love just just like I said with the Angels comparison last year we beat the teams we were supposed to beat very convincingly and then we decided to play a good team and we're like how about we just curl up in a ball and die. <laughs> so <laughs> we it's kind of the tell of two teams we. I think until we see us take the next step, I think a lot of Legion fans don't believe that we have it. At least that's just my perception. Granted, I don't speak for everybody, even though I think I do. <laughs> you just don't so, want to be disappointed. A little bit. A little bit that as well. But yet I leave every single match disappointed anyway, so it's not doing me any good. <laughs> but it's fine. Um. I do just kind of want to talk a little bit about, I guess, the team that you're with, John, just a little bit. Sacramento. You're still really high on Sacramento while a lot of people are coming off of them. And I know that you're working with them this year, but you don't just blindly put teams up where they don't belong. At least you haven't done that in the past. Why are you still high on Sacramento? What are you seeing that we aren't? I watch them every game and I just see a unit that looks like they have it together in a way that maybe hasn't paid off quite yet in terms of the results, but they just have the feel of a team that at some point is going to turn it on. They've had some struggles with visa issues with someone like Ezekiel Lewis, for instance, who, I mean, he was a difference maker in Charleston. Uh, Douglas Martinez has been in and out in terms of the striker position. So that's two really potent goal threats for this team um, that have been missing. And they're throwing Luther Arshamad up at striker most of the time, who has about six games for the Baby Bowls coming into this year. Meanwhile, Rodrigo Lopez, Nick Ross, Matt Lagrasa, Luis Felipe is that center midfield. Like that's four bona fide all USL caliber kind of guys. They've gotten so much from the wingbacks so far. It's really just kind of getting everyone healthy and getting everyone out on the pitch to build that chemistry together. The Las Vegas game was kind of symbolic of how a lot of the season has gone, where I at least felt that they pretty handily outplayed Las Vegas, but they couldn't quite get over the hump to get that win because Las Vegas kind of does this to everybody at this point. 
but they just feel like a team that's very close to kind of pulling it together and really proving that they're a title threat. So, I mean, that's fair. And, and then you see teams like, you know, Allen's Loyal, where they've looked really, really good. And they do this all the time. And Allen's kind of, you know, talked about this before, where it's kind of like they do really, really well. And then in the last 10 to 15 minutes, they do their best to blow it. But then we saw against Tampa Bay, they did not do that. They did basically the exact opposite. Does it feel like to you that Loyal are kind of taking a turn for the better? Yeah, I think it's like a San Diego sports tradition to uh, build up hope and then let everyone down by the end. Uh, if you follow the Padres at all, um, they uh, win the World Series in April um, and then they can't quite get it over the line. Um, <laughs> yes, Landon Donovan, San Diego loyal. Um, yeah, this was kind of their MO toward the end of last season. I think that's why it's so prominent. It was, you know, the the Golden New Mexico um kind of falling apart against Oakland at home. Uh, they had this MO of doing really well and then kind of letting up really late. Um, and in both against Oakland and now against Tampa Bay, they really kind of rallied. Now, again, Oakland, um, you know, they ended up giving up the goal at the end to draw drop points. So it was like, here we go again. But I think uh, the mentality is there to get it done and, at the end of the game, like they have guys who just don't want to lose. Uh, but I mean, I think you can say that about a lot of teams that they have guys who will run through walls in the end of matches. Um, we see that with Phoenix in a lot of their late fireworks. They're another team that likes to do the opposite of, of, of kind of start slow, start big finish. Um, and so I think it's just indicative of the style they play where they just hold possession a lot. And so they're they are open to some counterattacks. They are open to some defensive blunders. I mean, their goals against average is um, I would say in the category of not great. Um, I think that's how we rate San Diego's t- goals against average. Uh, but they're scoring way more frequently than they used to. So some of these, like the Tampa Bay, the El Paso game, for example, those would have been two 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 one losses, two two draws. And so they're able to score more goals. Uh, I'm not sure that's sustainable. Um, I'm sure John has the underlying statistics to probably back that up is that San Diego uh, probably isn't sustaining a three goal uh, average attack. I think it's, you know, maybe a goal and a half. Um, So there might be a regression to the mean eventually, or they figure out their defense. Those are their two options, but it's fun soccer right now, early in the season when things may be a little bit more open than they might be toward the back end of the season. And that might creep back up at the end. You know, moving over to the other league now, um, Ryan and I, when we talked on the short show um, on Thursday, I think it was Thursday anyway, you know, we circled a few matches that were like, these are going to be big, big matches that everybody should be watching. We talked a little bit about um, Tormenta and seeing if they could keep up their pace. Um, Fuego, seeing if they could keep it up. But we really got to the Triumph versus uh, the Sad Boys. And it was, you know, Red Wolves, they have looked good this year. Better than even last year, I think. 
Um, granted, still early, but that's just, you know, my opinion. And then we were circling this one saying, like, hey, Greenville has has underperformed, you know, maybe Chattanooga possibly a little bit overperformed. And we both kind of talked about it. We said this match could either be a 5-4 slugfest or it could end a 0-0 draw. And it very, very much almost came to a 0-0 draw. But it was still very entertaining from what I saw. Gio, you guys did not control the possession. You guys, you know, it felt like every everything was bogged down right before, you know, you're defending third. But yet, despite that, despite only scoring the one goal via penalty, it felt like Greenville was more... Uh, dangerous all night long. Does that kind of match the vibe that was in the stadium that night as well? It does. I felt like the crowd was behind the team. Just, I, I felt like we were, although we weren't creating big chances per se, uh, we were getting there. We were getting past their players. We were winning all the one-on-one duels. Uh, we were winning the midfield, as some people say. Um, and it was going back and forth a lot of the time, but a lot of the Chattanooga, they would get you know, to our final third and lose the ball quickly. Our defense was very strong. We, I don't have the statistics on the duels that we won, but they didn't create many super clear chances. Their best chance was off of the corner. Uh, and we were getting down the, the wings very easily. Um, and it's it's hard. We don't have a team that uh, – we don't have Mario Slomis anymore who we can cross to. And we have Jake Keegan. He's not the biggest guy in the world. But we were creating chances. We were getting the ball in the box, and we were – taking players on one by one on one. Um, and I felt like we were just knocking on the door the whole time. So when we earned that PK, which I feel like was deserved, I, I think we got a well-deserved win um, out of it because Chattanooga was holding on. And I don't think they were up for it the same way we were. And we had a point to prove that Chattanooga might be on the, you know, the upper part of the, the standings out of the four games and looked has looked better than we have um, in the first few games of the season, but we're, we're still in it, even with the five players that we have out that could potentially be starters as soon as they come back healthy and get some game time. Uh, I think we held our own very well, and uh, I'm just excited to see our team get healthy and playing the way we know that we can uh, once we're in form and back into it. Yeah, um, I mean... There was also – I saw a little bit of conversation on if that should have been a pin, but I think it was the first half around the 30th minute mark. Um, mm-hmm. There was a pretty blatant handball that mm-hmm. the refs just said, yeah, mm-hmm. play on, boys. Um, yeah. So th- it could have been a penalty in the first half, and maybe the conversation would be a little bit different that it wasn't a penalty in the 80th. Mm-hmm. But – I, I feel like that was a fair result given the way that it played out. Um, I do kind of want to talk about um, King having one of the best open ice hits of <laughs> this season. Um, yeah, um, you know, John's uh, Coyotes could definitely uh, use him right now. Seeing uh, updates that were just like, King's having a bad game, and then 20 minutes later, he's having a really, really bad game. That was rough. Um, Ryan, other than just a wicked hit, um, what happened, dude? I don't know. I think, uh, one of the games I actually really wanted to speak to in, uh, 
and also here in League One was the Madison uh, Central Valley Fuego match because Ford Madison got absolutely FM'd in this game. They had 12 shots, none of which were on target. And uh, Fuego had one shot. It was on target. It was a goal. And it was an XG of 0.02 as per American Soccer Analysis. It doesn't get much unluckier than that for Ford <laughs> Madison, who are now the last team in USO one without a win this season. And I, it just, uh, that that's just like completely unlucky. They need to start kind of figuring out well, going forward what they're going to do. And they have a top of the table clash with, or uh, against top of the table, Richmond next with Greenville, Charlotte, and then Fuego again in the next three games following. It just, it seems, uh, that they're still trying to figure things out with Madison and the attacking is there. It's just not producing. Yeah, that one was rough. And we're going to get to uh, the Richmond versus um, Ford Madison match. I mean, I think for a lot of USL league one fans, and I think every USL fan should tune into this one just because the off the field derby, I mean, it's on the field too, but I mean, off the field, I mean, what I would, Actually, no. My liver could not survive that match at all. That was the, the Henny, the Henny Derby, and let me tell you what I would do just to be around uh, Kyle and Yogi for like five minutes of that because I bet it is electric. Um, but we're going to get there in just a little bit. But I mean, this is something I've seen popped up, and I just kind of want to hear y'all's thoughts about it. I mean. It, Los Dos is apparently still not allowing fans to buy tickets. Not saying that a bunch of people would be, but why? Why in the world is USL okay with that? Uh, does anybody have any ideas? <laughs> I'm very excited for them to move to MLS Next Pro. Yeah. yeah, I think the last game that they allowed fans in was a San Diego match where San Diego like spanked them. Like I think it was like four nil, and they were like, "Never mind, never mind." We, we changed our mind again, uh, which is crazy. Like they have a decent—I shouldn't say they, decent fan base. They have like a welcoming fan base that like t- let us tailgate with them a little bit, and uh, even their like side field is a is not a bad place to watch a soccer match. Like it's kind of a walk from the parking lot but it's a pretty good facility it's a shame that they aren't letting supporters in um because you just soccer needs an atmosphere right and it just it like every time you watch the game it's like is it still covid like that emptiness is really eerie and very uncomfortable now um and it's quite unfortunate that there are players who are really good players that aren't getting the opportunity to have people create an environment for them to play in. And maybe it's like a, it's a little bit of a disservice as well because they're not getting training in a good environment that when they move to a different club or when they move up, like they're going to be playing in hostile environments or environments where there's an atmosphere and it's going to feel weird. Like some of them feel like training exercises and it's it's a shame because they have really good players that deserve to be watched live all of the time. Um, we saw what they were able to do this weekend. Uh, some of those guys played in the Open Cup. Um, but it seems to be like 
we can save money by just putting this on TV. We don't have to have security. We don't have to have snacks and beverages. Um, it just seems to be a money decision, which is never a great thing. But um, this is their last year, so they're like, why, why invest more money into a program? But then what does this do for MLS Next in the future is – are people going to want to go to these MLS next games when both teams are kind of behave, might behave this way. So I hope they change their minds. I hope they allow fans in. Um, if, I mean, traveling fans would also be nice, but it's just weird, especially, I think they played the Phoenix match in their big stadium, which made it even yep. weirder. <laughs> it was like this cavernous, like emptiness, this void. They played in the void apparently, like essentially. And it was, you want to hear those the crowd roar when they score, even if it's 80 people. Like, great, that's 80 more people in the stadium. And I'm a little bit over the, you have a small crowd, folks. Like, why is that a problem? They have 80 people, great. Those are 80 av- rabid fans that are supporting a club. Let's hype it up. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, Andy put that in the chat as well. Like, we're not allowing, you or try to tell us USL isn't allowing fa- fans uh, maybe that was just the line that they gave um, their ticket reps, but it's it's sad. But you know, USL only has to deal with it for one more year. And is it really that big of a headache, or is it might be more of a headache for USL to deal with than just to kind of let it go for a year and then say uh, thank you for thanks for being a friend and a thorn in the side of Western Conference people who wanted to make the playoffs and you spoiled it or you snuck in because your kids are really good uh, and good luck with that crazy typeface. <laughs> Anecdotally, since they had that uh, San Antonio game, which uh, Harry is saying in chat was held after the MLS game, uh, Los Dos has not lost a match at home, but to talk to your not playing in a hostile environment, they have not won a road match this year. And you would think from a team as historic as the LA Galaxy, which is supposed to be one of these big MLS brands, they would, you know, would have the money to spend. It would want to spend on this, especially on a USL team that has been halfway successful. They were a 2015 runner-up, so they do have success within the league. But, yeah, it's kind of a – just like Baby Boys, just kind of a whimper on their way out. You know, kind of speaking to Baby Bulls before we move on to our predictions – I mean, I've talked about, I feel like this comes up every two weeks, but what a fall from grace, man. Like, there was a time, and if you're a new USL fan, this may come to a shock to you, but there was a time when you saw Baby Bulls on your on your schedule that you were like, okay, the, you know, hunker down. This is going to be, this might be a loss, boys. They have a crazy press. They're going to attack the crap out of you. They're going to get their goals. Like, that's just – they're going to do it. They have a good defense. I mean, they were freaks. And, you know, Ryan has talked about it before that, you know, that Baby Bulls team is arguably one of the best, if not the best, USL team in history. And they were amazing. A, where did the talent go? And is it B, they just don't care anymore? I mean, it was – it's hard to watch. You Seeing a team go from – really good to really bad really sucks (laughs) Mm. i will say they've 
looked competitive at least in their last couple of games but obviously that doesn't excuse the fall from grace where they really were like a bona fide title contender every single week but like they played tampa really well for 90 minutes uh they played detroit well before a late collapse like they're a step above a monterey for instance even though it's like a far cry from peak baby bulls Man, Monterey Bay is bad. Oh, bless their hearts. Um, I don't, you know, John, you have a lot of things that have aged really, really well. But, God, your video on Monterey Bay's defense, boy, is that some fine milk. (laughs) (laughs) They came out (laughs) one against Phoenix and gave up four goals in about 20 minutes, and that's when I knew I was very wrong about that center back bearing. Oh, man. Well, before we get into predictions, um, I do want to just kind of note the W League is here as of this weekend. Super pumped. Um, if hey, if you guys didn't listen to the interview from last week, it was a great time, a really great time, really great conversations. Some interesting stuff about the Super League in, is snuck in there as well, so check that out. Um, no spoilers there. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be really fun to see a place like Indy open it up. It's going to be super exciting. I'm super excited to see what uh, this league does. And, Gio, you're going to be at Liberty Matches this year. I can't wait to go to Greenville and buy some merch. It's mm-hmm. The Liberty brand is just chef's kiss. Good yeah. stuff. I can't wait for the kids to. I hope it's something beautiful. Oh, man, I'm so excited. But obviously, check that out. Uh, they have their own streaming with uh, 11, I believe. So, you know, check them out. Check out those matches. At least check the scores because I promise you that there's almost certainly somebody from where you're from, unless you're like West Coast, probably. Sorry. Um, but that at least from your area that's on a uh, W League team. Uh, UA has a few girls there. A couple girls from Alabama are on a W League team, and it's super, super exciting. Um, Very excited to follow that. But let's go ahead and get into predictions. And we're going to start it off. We're going to go Geo, and then we're going to work our way around counterclockwise. Um, If you're listening to this via podcast, that meant nothing to you. Um, but we're going to start off with a Magic City Derby, the 205 versus the 305. Um, Pitbull versus, I don't know, Pitbull's pretty cool, actually. Um, Mr. Worldwide with a globe in the middle of the crest, the Miami FC versus Birmingham Legion. Uh, I am going to give it to Birmingham solely because I love you, Kaylor, and I want to see... Just your face, just so happy the way you have been this past week uh, after a big win. Um, so I'm pulling for you guys today, this this weekend. Considering the run that you've been on, I'm now very excited that Birmingham already <laughs> won a win. So kudos to us. Congratulations, boys. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, feeling a draw here. I think both of these teams are in pretty hot form at the moment. I kind of see it canceling out. Fair enough. Alan? Uh, Brew agrees with you, John, so I have to go with 
Brew as well. And so Brew is in- yelling at me apparently to choose a draw on this one as well. I think if this was in Miami, I might choose Miami, but I think being in Birmingham, although I'm not sure how far those places are, you could tell me it's 10 miles really? or 100,000 miles. Really I would believe you. Um, but really I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the draw. The South is big. South is big. I had um, we we went down to Miami for the nat- or for a semi final championship game in twenty eighteen, and we bust down there twenty two hours. I still think about it. My back still hurts. So very far, very much hate it. And Orlando sucks to drive through. Um, <laughs> Ryan. Among other reasons why it is a poor city to drive through, but um, uh, I found it interesting that uh, all-time Birmingham has not lost to uh, Miami FC. I think in their two all-time meetings within USL, it has been two wins for Birmingham. But as I also mentioned by other co-hosts, I feel like this, but all in hot form, and it'll just kind of end up being a draw. Yeah. Um... It's funny because Phil, who is not here to defend himself, so we can say whatever we want, picked the Miami, um, but he didn't put the before, so it doesn't really count. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I see a draw here as well. If any team walks out of at a protective stadium with all three points, I'm not shocked whatsoever. Um, some fun battles, though, that we're going to be seeing in the midfield, and this is just something to keep your eye on, is going to be Bruno Lapa uh, versus Bolu Akinyode. Um Very exciting for multitude of reasons. Two great players going one-on-one, but also former roommates. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that battle transpires, if it's going to be a little bit different than other battles we see on the pitch. That one's going to be really exciting. Um, next up is going to be El Paso versus Tulsa. I picked for them to get a draw. Uh, I just can't see either one winning. I did want to pick Tulsa just because uh, I just wanted the team to at me, but I didn't feel like doing it. So <laughs> go with the draw. Yeah, I went with the locomotive in this one. I think. Tulsa is kind of down bad at this point. I was high on this, another team where I was high on their defense in the preseason. But uh, El Paso, boy, they're looking good in attack right now. They still have a mistake or two every game that costs them a goal. But I don't know. I'm feeling them here. Uh, Tulsa? (laughs) I guess. Maybe. 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 Question mark. I... I think they've gotten in my head at this point where, <laughs> like, I don't even know what to do with them anymore. Like, but I, I, I do Let's agree do with Johnny. I think El Paso is like on the road to perdition or whatever that movie was. Um, but they might end up being like Tom Hanks and dying at the end. Um, I don't know. Spoilers, I guess. I don't know. Did he die at the end? I don't remember. Um, at first, I thought you, we were about to say Bridge to Terabithia or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to pick Tulsa. It's not my lock, though. It's not my lock, but it's I'm going to pick Tulsa. 
Looking back through a few of the historical uh, results, standing back to 2019, Tulsa is another is actually a team that uh, El Paso is unbeaten against, including the uh, Roughneck era for Tulsa that uh, had another very close meeting when uh, El Paso triumphed over them in the playoffs on penalties. So I feel like El Paso continues their good form and they get the win here. Yeah, um, this one is my lock of the week. Um, hey, Tulsa admin, write this one down because it's going to be El Paso, okay? El Paso's going in. They're going to get this win. I mean, at this point, the USL show curse is way too strong. We've become too powerful. And if you win this week, you're welcome. Um, if you lose, I told you so. Either way, we win in this situation. So this is my lock. El Paso gets the win also because I do want Phil to be happy. Next up um, is going to be Sacramento versus New Mexico. Uh, I went with Sacramento. Uh, no reason why. I just picked Sacramento. I went with a draw on this one. Um, Sacramento had that tough game against Vegas. New Mexico has had a lot of time off to game plan for this one, and they're always a tough out. It feels like a game where Nico Brett is going to come up with a goal or two out of nothing, as he's wont to do. So that was kind of my motivation for the draw here. Yeah, I had a tough one with this one for that very reason. Is But do they Pep Guardiola and, like, overthink their game plan against Sacramento um, and then maybe put themselves in a position to to – outthink themselves um i i think sacramento starts to figure it out this match uh and i'm gonna pick them to win i picked sacramento to win this one as well we were talking pre-show that new mexico hasn't won a match since march 19th so though they've had time off they've also it's been a while since their last victories and i feel like that's still really going to hurt them uh so uh sacramento to win this one I picked New Mexico here because kind of this is kind of where I believe that good teams, which I do believe New Mexico is one, that good teams don't go on extended losing streaks and that they'll break out of it eventually. And this is the one where I think that they're going to get themselves right. Nico Brett's going to do Nico Brett things because that's what Nico Brett does. And they're they're going to get a win in this one. Um, I would certainly hope Nico Brett is doing Nico Brett things because if he's doing like other things, I mean, unless someone's like putting a face mask of Nico Brett on and then doing Nico Brett things, and then there's two Nico Bretts, that might be. We might have figured out one of their tactics: do a you know, and two guys up top, both one wearing a Nico Brett mask, and then was like guard him, and then it's a real Nico Brett, like it's a little three amigos action, like everyone's a Nico mm. Brett. Mm. See, they go out there and, you know, Nico goes down with an apparent injury. Somebody goes up to him, rips the mask off Scooby-Doo style, and they're all like, John Hutchinson? Ugh. <laughs> Next up is going to be Loyal versus New Mexico. Uh, I simply picked the Loyal because I love Alan. And, that, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went with Loyal as well, uh, kind of on the motivation that uh, they don't have a midweek game, and New Mexico does. Sorry, my mic was off, Gio, when I went, oh. So I wanted you to get that. And apparently John hates me. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I feel kind of the same way John does. I think New Mexico has got a tough, tough midweek and then weekend Sacramento loyal. Um, so I, I'm picking San Diego to win. I think I kind of have to. Um, Harry says New Mexico four, which I wouldn't be surprised if San Diego let in four goals. And this was the, the spark that New Mexico needed. Uh, but New Mexico is not scoring a ton of goals. Um, this will probably be decently high scoring. This one might be a fun neutral game to watch um, if New Mexico can get more than Nico Brett on uh, going. You have to go back through uh, to 2021. It was Friday, July 9th, and then Monday, July 12th to find a time that New Mexico won two games within the span of a week. That was a 3-1 win over the Switchbacks and a 2-1 win over Charleston Battery. I feel like, like John had mentioned, it's tough early this season to do two games within the midweek. Uh, Alan, I think we were, had recalled talking about that one when San Diego did the um, uh, midweek game against Tulsa and then had the game in the weekend against Louisville earlier this season that which one were you uh, budgeting for so I still feel like this is going to be a game that San Diego will win and it's also going to be my lock and it's Phil's lock as well yeah so this one I ended up picking New Mexico because I in my brain I was like they just got the big win over Sacramento they're about to get on a roll I like I am such a big momentum person when it comes to picking matches and I feel like they're going to get the win and then get the next win. It, it feels like, and granted, Alan, you may be able to tell me um, if this has already happened, but it feels like loyal are due for the big stinker. And I feel like this one might be it. There's just something um, about this one. Did you not watch the loose city San Diego match? That one was a little bit different, though, because it was Luke City. Like um, if, if you want to say, like, pooping the bed, I think, like, those sheets were brown after that match. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I totally forgot that match even happened this season, I'll be honest. Um, I, we, we're, we're hoping to as well, too, but the trauma's real. Um. Next, I think this might be the first uh, time Hartford has made it to predictions. Um, and it's not for good reasons, unfortunately. Uh, preseason, we had our USL show uh, form that we sent out. And the two wooden spoon favorites, according to you, uh, loyal viewer, were these two people, which was Loudon and Hartford. Um they're playing this week, and I I do want to talk a little bit about Hartford individually as well in this, but let's get through predictions first. Um, Gio? Uh, I feel like Ryan is going to have a really, really good historical fact that the two worst teams in the league playing each other. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, I picked Hartford to win. Uh, even though Loudon has a couple players that I do rate and I do like, uh, that came from League One. Uh, they're just, they just stink, and Hartford does too. But I think uh, one team's going to make a dumb mistake, whether it's their striker getting a red card or something. 
Um, I think Hartford might pull off uh, and get a win here. John? Oh, that is me. Um, yeah, just uh, speaking to kind of what you were getting out there, Hartford's added some nice pieces in the last week or two. Uh, Corey Hart Herzog is going to steal the headlines. He's the second leading scorer all time in USL. Really good forward. And Ariel Des Moines Martinez. Menace. Des Moines Menace legend. <laughs> Corey Herzog. That is also a fact. Uh, Ariel Martinez also kind of a darling for me. I've liked him since his NASL days. Spent a lot of time in Miami. That said, they're really inept. I kind of, I, I try to avoid this kind of talk, but I was half calling for Harry Watling's head uh, when I was writing them up for my power rankings. And so naturally I picked Hartford to win this one as my lock. Uh, I do want to point out that if Loudon win their next two matches, which probably isn't going to happen, but if Loudon win their next two matches, they will be even on points with the Tampa Bay Rowdies after 10 matches. So Maybe not as bad as we think, although they're probably not going to win their next two names. Uh, both teams are on great form. Um, <laughs> Red's good on the standings, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on fire. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll the dice here and go with the darlings of the USL show because I had a feeling that everyone would pick Hartford and. They would like the Loudon would feel like we've abandoned them as a franchise, and so I am going to go out on a limb and pick Loudon to win this one. Um, and I know someone else is with me, but I, I didn't want them to be uh, alone, so I'm going to pick Loudon. Plus, I like the stripe. I like the stripey thing. It's nice. Mm -hmm. The horse. Do you like the horse? Yeah, the chess piece. Great. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, yeah. yeah. 10 all-time meetings between these two clubs and i do not have stats um, when you have like two of the worst teams in the league i will say with uh loudon they are not the worst team in the eastern conference right now they're 10th they are above a really like a bottom five of like really poor teams in the conference but yeah 10 all-time meetings between these two teams hartford's won nine of them including four in a row right now the only other result oh, that they didn't win was a one was a two two draw um, but I don't know. I just, uh, I haven't been too convinced by Hartford. I do think they'll find ways to get things turned around, but I think this is meeting a very stoppable force meeting a very movable object. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a draw. There's the title of the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, whenever, if, whenever we get the merch side thing going, <laughs> that is the first thing we're putting on a t-shirt. There we have it. That one's it. Um, I picked Loudon. Um, it's it's so hard. I, I want to say this. The product on the field is bad. We all recognize that. But, like, the fans, you know, with our interactions, at least my interactions, have been great. Like, we have two Hartford fans that are in our Discord server, uh, hashtag ad. Um, and... They're a pleasure to talk to. They care about this team a lot, which is what makes it so hard to pick against them, and it makes it hard to see them be bad. Like, it's easier to watch teams without fans be bad because it's like, well, who really cares? But, like, there's people there that care. It really sucks. Um, but, look, Loudon, they had moments against Legion 
um, that it was like, okay, they they were down to 10 men and scored. Is that because Legion were bad? Maybe a little bit. But it's hard for me to get over Hartford at the end of the match, letting a guy who is five foot six be wide open at the back post and letting it go in. How <laughs> all you have to do is this sounds awful. I love Anderson, but all you have to do is be taller than five foot six and that doesn't go in. <laughs> like, he, did, he didn't even jump. It's platform uh, boots. Just this hard. That one's just hard. I just think Loudon's is going to win. I, I don't know. It, I'm I'm excited to watch this match, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, next up, though, is one of the, you know, really um, just big circle of preseason and now, now especially, Phoenix versus San Antonio. Um, I think this would be a fun game to watch, uh, but I did pick a draw. Uh, Phoenix did not have a good game the other day. Uh, against uh, LA Galaxy 2, but um, I think they'll come back and at least get a point here uh, in a hard-fought game. Yeah, this one was tough for me, too. I went with the draw. San Antonio is super hot right now. (laughs) Um, And for some reason, I'm just picking against my gut instinct on every single one of these. But Phoenix isn't going to shit the bed again like they did in this last game. So that was my rationale, I suppose. I, I appreciated the um, Zoolander reference there. Um, <laughs> uh, so San Antonio in the past five games have uh, featured four, five clean sheets, although one of them was against them. So I picked San Antonio to beat Phoenix at home, and then they lost. Uh, so now I'm going to pick Phoenix to win at home and I don't know. They're probably going to lose. I don't know. It, uh, We're good at this <laughs> prediction thing, folks. And also I want to make Robert happy and I'm, I guess I'm just picking Phoenix to, to win. I think. Oh boy. <laughs> Ryan. It was weird. I was going back through a few of our previous predictions that we've had <laughs> this season. Um, and I was the one person this past, uh, when we last picked this meeting, that picked Phoenix to go and beat San Antonio earlier this year. But I'm going to be doing the inverse of that pick, and I'll be backing San Antonio to win this one. Good, good, good. I also picked San Antonio here. Um, I think this one's going to be interesting um a i don't want my head going through this the usl streets um so there's that one angle um on the other side san antonio is so much better um than i thought they'd be and that includes not having uh Mane, which is the entire reason uh you know 538 had them ranked so high and then he didn't even play and it's not even on the team anymore and they're still freakishly good. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is a good team and this is, I think this one's going to be a fun one for neutrals to watch. Not because there's going to be a load of goals. I think this is going to be chippy and fiery. And if you want to see 
fireworks in the you know form of fisticuffs, this one might be it because this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, one of the best rivalries in all of the USL is what we're talking about next, and this is going to be the Henny Derby, which is Ford Madison versus the Richmond Kickers. I actually picked Richmond as my lock this week. I don't think Forward Madison has done enough uh, to even deserve to get a win, especially in a big derby like this. Um, a lot of their players are new. They haven't played in it before. Uh, so I think uh, Richmond hosting also will be a big advantage to them uh, in their stadium. Uh, the kickers have been hot. You know, they've been playing very well. Um, they got a little bit of a break, so they're going to come in strong ready to play. Ford Madison has a lot to prove. Um, I know they're struggling, and they might be hitting the panic button sooner rather than later. Um, but I really believe Richmond is going to pull out a win against this really, really struggling uh, backwards I mean, Ford Madison side. This was another one where I was aware that Richmond was at home and playing much better than Madison, and I still picked Madison. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of rebounds this week. Uh, that did not work out for my dating scheme, though. Um, so <laughs> for never... um, <laughs> I picked the kickers. Uh, I I just appreciate the fan base that they've been able to build there. I know the Henny Derby is a, kind of a big deal uh, for the, the, the supporters as well. Um, I do want to shout out, I think um, Ford Madison had a supporters group kit come out not that long ago. They're doing some orders. Uh, it looks, yeah, it looks, it looks legit. I, I got it. And again, I mean, I am the person who's like, I want to look good when I'm playing. Cause I, anytime I play a sport, I'm not great. So I have to look really good doing it. Uh, so I appreciate Madison, but, uh, I think the kickers are going to be too much for this one. So I picked the kickers and it is my lock of the week, which is brave mm. for USL league one, but I'm going there. Because USL League One needs some love. So it's my lock of the week for kickers. Looking back through the uh, season series last year, the kickers won uh, the two meetings that were at home, and then it was two draw, and then it was a draw and a win when the match was in Madison. I think uh, Richmond uh, just continues their good form atop the table, and Madison struggles to get things figured out. So Richmond get the result here. Are we? I mean, you're kind of talking about hitting the panic button for Madison. What, and I just, this is, I guess, just question for Gio. What can they do at this point? They've gotten rid of like every coach they've ever had. I mean, it's always been more kits than points, but it's way more kits than coaches, but it's that coach's number is getting <laughs> up there. Um, yeah, it is. Like, competing. I don't know. I picked Richmond here. I thought about making this one my lock. Um, I'm still on the Stephen Payne for MVP slash newcomer of the year. Um, that one is going to be a train that I'm going to ride for a very long time. Um, yeah, I just think that Yogi gets the best of this one. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I, I urge you to just check out the socials for this one because there's some really cool stuff that happens pre and post match on this. This is an incredible derby and I highly suggest everybody checking it out. So um, Taylor, 
one option they have is a couple years ago they did the four the football manager challenge and they asked people to take them to uh, to win the first division. So they have a laundry <laughs> list of people who have done it in real life on a computer game that they can just call up and be like, "Look, you took us to the first division. You're up next. Like, what do you got this week?" I, I think there's Shout I mean, out there might Connie. be something there. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, when are you taking over for Madison? He, he has another team he's taking care of. Ooh, this is true. Um, might be spoilers on that. Um, but very exciting stuff happening in the Ryan world on Football Manager. Um, next up, we have another USL League one. We have the uh, Sad Boys, the Red Wolves versus the Hailstorm. Uh, I actually picked the draw in this one. I think uh, Chattanooga being at home is definitely good for them. Um, Hailstorm playing away again, I think, is going to hurt them, but they have a strong team. They've been playing well. They've been getting the points. Um, so I feel like it'll be a good contested game. Uh, I think Colorado Hailstorm has shown that they have the quality, uh, and they'll get some points. This was another game where I just really felt strongly that the home team was going to win and then picked the away team. <laughs> I, I'm a big Eamon Zayed guy, so that always sways me, and I just think Northern Colorado gets the full three here. Uh, I just like the state of Colorado because it's Northern Colorado, like the, the beautiful part where it's, um, you know, like Boulder, and I was married in Estes Park. I just have that connection to um, – to Colorado. Uh, I know my nephew went to his first soccer game in Colorado and the Rapids actually won a match. So I'm feeling really good about the positivity going on in Colorado. So I am picking the hail, hail storm. And as hail, yeah. says, hail, yeah. Would you say your love of Colorado helps attribute to our love of mountains and wolves for logos? I, I believe that has something to do with it. Also, uh, I couldn't pick Chattanooga. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> but there are mountains, so I don't it's know. It's not the same. Not the same. Um, I did pick the Red Wolves. I really liked what I've seen from them this year. I think they keep it rolling. I wouldn't be shocked if Hailstorm gets a win here, but um, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be this uh, this week. Um, next Hailstorm up, has it, scored in every single match they've ever played. Mm, is this about to become a uh, Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights uh, for the first time in <laughs> franchise history? The meme is first time in Seattle Kraken history now. Mm, the, Until the NHL expands again. It's bound to happen. Uh, Atlanta next Thrasters 2.0. Man, I'm I'm just saying if you're not on the hockey subreddit, there was the uh the crappy uh Celine Dion My Heart Will Go On of every single missed uh penalty by uh Las Vegas. And let me tell you, 17 straight and it goes on for two and a half minutes, but I was captivated the entire time. <laughs> Absolutely hysterical. Um next up is going to be Fuego versus Triumph. Gio. Uh I unfortunately had to watch the game, no, our home opener against Fuego at home, uh, and I was a sad boy that day. 
so it's time for us to ruin their home opener, their official home opener. Um, I think we're going to pull, pull off a win away from home. I know it's a long trip. Uh, we've played a lot of games. We have a lot of games coming up. But uh, I think we're going to sneak one. I, I rate them, but the way they looked against Madison, I just – I really think we can pull off a win if we just calm down with the stupid mistakes like we did last game. Yeah, this just feels like a better Greenville side and that kind of influenced where I'm at. I thought, I know we hit on it earlier, I thought they were unlucky not to get the, I mean, to not do a better job of getting a dominant result in that last game. I think they kind of pull it together and get the three points pretty easily here. Um, oh. I am behind in points, and so I needed to pick a game that I thought maybe I can sneak a, a point or two, a point in, and and try to to catch up. Uh, I also think traveling uh, might be a difficult thing, and plus they're a team from California, although Northern Cal. I I don't really have a reason why I picked Fuego. I think I just typed Fuego and hit send, and then I was like, oh, yeah, Geo's gonna love me. Geo's not gonna love me anymore. No, you don't love um, me. It's okay. Or, Gio, I'm picking Fuego, knowing that my pick will lose, and so... That's true. That's it, true. There is no USL curse. It's mostly just me. Let's be let's be real. <laughs> There's a little bit of a USL show curse. Just a little yeah. bit of one. I don't know how I'm in the lead, guys. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> I just pick stuff while I'm at work. <laughs> I went with uh, Fuego on this one as well. I'm sorry, Gio, but I was also in the same boat as Alan that uh, picks need to start being points need to start being made up soon. And not today. And I will say the last time we did pick this one, uh, Alan and I uh, both missed the result on uh, this match. I am taking triumph here. Um, I. I really liked what I saw out of Greenville and not even just for the Chattanooga game, but also the Charlotte match. I feel like defensively they look a lot more sound. And while I do wish I would see a little bit better or more, a little bit more clinical finishing out of Greenville, I feel like that's on the way. I feel like it's going to be there soon. I mean, finishing is always the, you know, the last thing to come. And I think, it's going to be right around the corner for Greenville. Um, finally, we are going to be going with independents who Geo are not is not allowed to talk about or to on Twitter versus Tormenta. Um, although Charlotte did, I'm surprised I was able to watch the game. It wasn't blacked out uh, <laughs> but, uh, on ESPN Plus. But uh, even though they beat a you know decent. Union Omaha side. I can't say good yet. Uh, Trementa has been playing strong. Their defense, I, they have not been scored on since their home opener, I believe, against NCFC. And that was a crap uh, goal. It was a crap goal. Um, and they beat us pretty, you know, we had a lot of shots, but nothing worth going, you know, nothing worth talking about. Not to say that we even deserved any points because they took their chances. And against this Charlotte team, I think they're going to get another win and continue their hot streak. Mm. Yeah, wet draw here. Um, I, I 
again, I think Tormenta are the better team. I'm hating myself every single time I'm forced to put say one of these picks out loud. Um, I just I don't buy the independence all that much, but I'm feeling like they just they have a little bit more desperation behind them here, and they're going to pull something out of their hat. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I have no shame, John, so it doesn't bother me to <laughs> announce my pick. So if that helps you at all, uh, just go for it. It's like, um, whose line is it anyway, where the, every, the, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Um, the, the interesting thing, independence, uh, has been involved in three straight two one um, results. So draw and then win, loss, win all two to one. Uh, so, I mean, goals might be scored, um, and plus uh, there's Miguel Ibarra. And so um, I'm going to go on a limb here and pick Independence. Um, I don't know why. Again, I think it was one of those, like, the Fuego one where I'm like, mm, these are the last two. Kids are coming to my classroom. I got to finish this up. Send. Same. I will say uh, 2020 was the last time that it took until the third match for Tormenta to win their uh, first, their third home game to win their first game at home. And I think this will be a tricky one, but going back to more with just what John says, I feel like I think Charlotte has a way to just kind of grind out a result and get a win here. This is Charlotte's uh, first true road game, first road game of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how they go into a different environment. But I feel like Independence just kind of, it gets uh, they kind of somehow grind out a result here, and also points need to be made up. I end up taking Tormenta here. Um, I've been really impressed by their defense. Um, I got to see it up close and personal, unfortunately. Um, and I mean, this is a player that I recently interviewed, but I do want to shout him out. If you aren't, if you don't have your eye on this guy, the first ever professional signing Tormenta ever had was Joshua Phelps. Dude is like tall as a skyscraper, like 17-3, and very Australian. He is so much fun to watch if you're not a fan of the other team. He is a nightmare, and he is incredible. I like watching this guy. It's going to be – it's, I think it's going to be difficult for Charlotte to get past that center back pairing, which has been ridiculous this year. Um, so I am taking Tormenta. Please love me, Bolt. Um, that's it for predictions. Um, final final words from the folks. Let's start off with Ryan. I don't know. I guess uh, we have Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness coming up this week. But I can't take credit for this idea, but I just thought to myself that I, I can't get this out of my head when I saw it. Consider the Batman villain Two-Face, but instead of flipping a coin every time he makes a decision, he was really into Dungeons and Dragons and rolls a D20. I'm just going to leave that thought out here. Uh, I'm going to Google this real quick. Does he then have to think of 20 separate outcomes to what he's going to... like? To me, that's just like too much thinking. Roll for initiative. Roll for initiative. <laughs> I'm going to punch you. This is how hard I'm going to punch you. I'm going to stab you. Um, my thought is uh, Orange County uh, just released a kind of partnership with um, Social Distortion. Uh, one of their players is um, a super big fan. I think they're also a, like an Orange County band. Uh, Andy can correct me if I'm wrong. 
think that's correct. Uh, and this idea was kind of floated on Orange and Black Soccercast when they had um, Nico Nico Kaningas on. He's the big fan of social distortion. Uh, so they put together like a, a warm up kit and a hat. It's they're actually pretty kind of neat. Uh, and this is a, a different approach to soccer swag than I've seen maybe outside of Seattle's um, uh, Jimi Hendrix good stuff. This is like, I, I like to see more of this crossover with local artists, musicians kind of branching out because I think Nashville had their guitar riff played by a guitar player from Chicago and sticks that opened up their stadium. Like, couldn't get a Nashville guy to play a riff for your first home game. Anyway, uh, if check it out. Um, yeah, the Social D collab. Uh, it's kind of a fun fun deal with Orange County and Social D. Uh, check it out on their social medias. Uh, it's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> yes, I... Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Oh, man, that was funny. Um... Doctor Strange this weekend. I'm excited. Also, I believe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Tomorrow is the last episode of Moon Knight, or later to later tonight. Last episode, I cried last episode. It was amazing. So, yeah. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, Oscar Isaac. I'm jealous of that man for how beautiful he is, but he's an amazing actor. And this is a great week for Marvel shows, and I can't wait to see them and movies. Yeah. Um two things first i would risk it all for dune bearded uh, oscar isaac and then <laughs> and then second uh gotta plug myself a little bit here check out backyield we're dropping the website uh i guess what about a day from now midnight tomorrow uh, i'll have two articles up on launch one about the potential for diego luna to really break out in the u.s youth system and then another where I talked to a couple uh, sources within USL kind of weighing how important MLS Next Pro may or may not be. But uh, I'll have weekly hits there in terms of USL coverage. So be on the lookout for that. Nice. Good, good stuff. Very excited about that. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff going around the USL verse. Um, very, very fun stuff. Lots of great content out there to consume um just a couple years ago there was not that much and now it's quickly almost become overwhelming and that's a great thing um so very excited about that um right now i guess i am looking to figure out like what i'm doing i guess this summer um next year i am supposed to start our uh student my, st my student teaching and we were supposed to find out by the end of this week but they have now pushed that back to um they have now pushed the date we're supposed to find out about internships to june 1st which is coincidentally the same day my lease runs out so i don't know where i'm going to live <laughs> it's going to be it's kind of fun to figure that one out, so we'll see. But either way, I'm super pumped for that. Um, good luck on your final finals, John. Um, I hope I can say the same. <laughs> and, um, you know, you're almost done, Alan. You're getting there like a month ago, right, for uh, classes get out? Yeah, the kids tell me it's like 20-something days. Love that. 
love that for you. Um, Gio, congrats on being able to take your baby to uh, her first triumph match. Love his, that for you. His, mm. his first game. His little game. boy. Little boy. My bad. Yeah, no, it's okay. Oh, you had, it's your girl's, so your girl's been My girl is a le- yeah. She, oh yeah, she's a good look. She's a forever good look charm. Uh, but yeah, thank you. That was a fun time, a special moment for for me, um, and I can't wait for many more. And Ryan, you know, um, just sending all the love your way as always. And we were talking about it beforehand. Uh, hold on to that hammerheads uh, flare for the rest of your life. <laughs> so thank you everybody for watching um, and listening. We had a great time. Let's keep this chat popping for next week. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for making it through, a, you know, an hour 25. This was a long one, but I had an absolute blast. Thank you guys so much yet again, and uh, cue Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.